Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat to Gabrielle McClinton, who you may remember as the lead actress in Pippin the Musical. She's played this role for about seven years now, so we have to talk about how she's kept it fresh and interesting for herself, as well as the challenges she has faced with the role. Then we talk about self-image and body confidence, and also the education she has done to get to where she is today, and also what it was like working at a meditation studio in LA, and also what it is like working on TV and movie sets versus being live on stage. There's so much to cover, so let's get into it now. Three, two, one. Do this. Raise it all. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Liars. Hi, this is Arthur It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving 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 it up. We're raving it up. Gabrielle, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you going today? I'm good. I'm going well. I miss the Australian slang. We were just chatting before we started recording that this has been in the pipeline for quite a while now. And I'm so glad we finally could figure out a time that worked for both of us. So thank you so much for making the time. Of course. I had so much fun preparing for this interview, I've got to be honest, because uh, in preparation for it, I actually had to listen to your interview that you did on a Broadway podcast. Everyone go check that out if you haven't already. Mm. And I just, I found it so engaging to listen to and I just, loved your energy and your zest for life and your motivation and just your like never give up attitude which I love very similar to me you know we never give up on our dreams and I so I learned so much about you and I wanted to actually bring up a few things that you did mention in the interview if that's okay (laughs) you're probably you kind of look like you're like uh I've forgotten about this interview (laughs) I did I was like which what which one But yes, Uh, I'm sure it will will come back in your mind and it is just your story anyway. But I actually wanted to start from the beginning of your journey, if that's okay, and your journey into entertainment. For one, your dad is a lawyer and your mum is a doctor. That's very different (laughs) from what you're doing now. What did your parents think about you wanting to get into entertainment? Did they support it from day one or they wanting you to get like a plan B as they they call it? Surprisingly, my parents have been super supportive from day one. Nice. I don't remember ever needing to be told to have a plan B or them not supporting me. I've always known that this is what I wanted to do. And they have been there by my side and been to every show from day one, except for Pippin in Australia. I think that was probably the first show they've ever missed in my life. Well, but I'm sure they've seen it a lot over the time. <laughs> they are definitely pippined out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've totally 
been in my corner and no one in my family is in the arts. I mean, no one, um, wow. definitely no one in my immediate family. And I have a very big extended family, a lot of cousins, a lot of aunts, a lot of uncles, and no one is, um, in the arts. Um, except actually I have a couple of cousins who do sing, but I was just kind of that rare breed where I just knew at six that I wanted to perform. That is so beautiful. I love when people just know from such an early age and then they just go for it from yeah. six. Like that That's is quite the one young. thing I know. Yeah. <laughs> you That's the one thing I remember. <laughs> yeah. And in the interview you were mentioning, like, you know, when you were little, you had so much energy and it looks like you still do actually. <laughs> and you always knew that, you know, what you wanted to do, as you just mentioned, you used to put on shows with your cousins or should I say you forced them to do it. <laughs> I did. Oh my God. I was so controlling. That's, that's the passion, wanted, I guess. I guess so. Um, yeah, I always wanted to perform and my poor cousins were not into it. And I would just force them to put makeup on and make them learn all these musical numbers. I would choreograph it and I would do the singing. Even though I don't think we sang as much. It was a lot of dancing, but yeah, I, I was a tyrant back then at that age, but uh, yeah, I always just had so much energy and I think my parents didn't know what to do with all that energy. So they put me into everything from yeah. the art, to sports, to piano lessons, to, I mean, I feel that I tried everything and I really loved everything for the most part, but uh, musical theater was the big thing that really stuck with me. Yeah. So were there any other careers that you wanted to pursue as well? Because as you said, you mentioned that you kind of liked a little bit of everything. I mean, I really did like sports. I had yeah. done gymnastics for, I think, six years. Wow. Uh, and I really liked that. I think for a second I thought, oh, maybe I could do this. But then I just went, no, this is insane and too intense on my body. And I don't want to do that. And then I thought fear of an injury or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, this is a lot. And then I thought maybe volleyball. I really like volleyball, but I just wasn't as passionate about it. Mm. And the only other thing I thought maybe a lawyer, because my dad was a lawyer. Yeah. And I You're a feel strong like woman. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, a strong woman. And I think there's something very performative about law as well. I'll yeah. never forget seeing my dad do a case maybe when I was 10 and he was so performative. I mean, my dad is not an artist, but he could be, if he wanted to be, I mean, you think I have a lot of energy. He's what 67 and he has more energy than anyone I know. He's wow. Yeah. So I think I definitely got a lot of my energy from him and, but I remember seeing him try cases and it was so performative and the judge would always have to say, you know, Mr. McClinton, you know, just calm down, calm down. My dad was always saying, I'm just passionate. I'm just passionate. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that point across, really, yes, <laughs> but I think using that not for law, but for the arts. So yeah. Yeah. That's good. Take a little bit of, you know, your mom, your dad, thing. put it in. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Make your own thing. Mm -hmm. And your parents put you into dance lessons around age six. And it is, I'd say quite rare to still be doing something that you've been doing since you were six. Has your dream ever changed or morphed into something a little bit different over time? I wish I could say it has. <laughs> but I'd say it's it, a good thing that it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. I mean, I really love what I do and I've never wavered on that passion. And the only thing that's changed is that I think I've broadened in my scope of the things mm. that I want to do in the arts. Musical theater was a the thing I started with doing, but now I'm getting more into 
a lot more TV and film stuff and as well as I would love to direct one day and produce and writing here and there. I think just everything involved in the arts um, has opened up for me and it's really exciting to go into these or go down these new avenues now and see what else is out there. And that only helps me in what I already do. Yeah. So they all feed into one, one another, which is great. Well, I'd say in this industry, you kind of have to do it all, you know, with how competitive yeah. it is now, it's kind of really good to just do a little bit of everything and make sure it's that- It's kind of annoying sometimes. Sometimes it it's is, yeah. You feel like, maybe I don't want to be a writer, but yeah. you feel like you have to do all of these things in order to have more opportunities. And I feel a little uh, complicated on that, but at the same time, I think it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to, you yeah. know, flex your skills especially like directing and producing, we need yeah. those people, you know, like it, when everybody gets in the industry, they just want to be in front of the camera and be center stage. But, you know, we do need directors and we do need producers and writers. So. That's where you really have the power. Yes. <laughs> behind. <laughs> so we need more of us behind there. Well, you were, you already controlled your cousins, right? And forced them to yeah. do stuff. So <laughs> you're just going to the directing. <laughs> I say in the nicest way, by the way. <laughs> in this day and age, we are surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers, Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them? When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. I have six of their products myself now and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au. And type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout. From eight until you were 13, you went to this amazing musical theatre summer camp that you just rave about. No pun intended, guys. <laughs> and yes. that camp sadly doesn't exist anymore. And over your career, you've kind of expanded into, as you said, a lot of different things in the industry. I was having a think and I was like, oh, this is, this is a smart question. Have you ever thought of starting up a camp like that and, you know, bringing it back again and helping the next generation of performers? I haven't necessarily thought about that yet, but I brought it to your mind I now. <laughs> I know now I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna start a camp. Um, <laughs> Just added to the I, long to-do list. <laughs> yes. But I've taught a lot of master classes to kids. I've gone back to my high school and have talked to the kids. I've taught a little bit on my own, especially during the pandemic. I've taught some kids in the neighborhood, but I've never really thought about anything on that grand of a scale but oh i definitely love kids and i love working with kids and i feel so lucky that i had an incredible upbringing with the arts and incredible teachers who are still in my life to this day and i think it is really important to talk to the younger generation and give back and so i definitely want to do more of that i just need to figure out in what 
kind of ways I want to do that. Mm. There you go. Another idea for you. I know. Oh yeah. God. The to-do list is just so long. <laughs> well, you're such an incredible performer and, you know, you'd be the best person to pass your wisdom over to the next generation. So yeah, I really hope you do it. That's, that's fantastic. I'm really glad that, as you said, you were teaching through the pandemic too, because I know yeah. that especially in this, this industry, how many people struggled um, because, yeah. you know, your, your main job is getting up on stage and you don't have an audience. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did that really affect you mentally as well? Because I know a lot of people went through a lot of mental health struggles during that time. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, this year has been nuts uh, for so many different reasons. And, you know, on one end of the spectrum, it's been awful and sad and chaotic and full of grief. But then on the other end, it's been very revealing and it's been very inspiring. And I've learned so much about myself and I've actually been very grateful for the downtime to have this space because when you're doing a show eight times a week, I mean, you're tired all the time, all the time. I mean, I don't know what it's like to not be tired. <laughs> you're tired all the time and you really just don't have time. And, you know, people sometimes say, oh, you only work for three hours of the you know, of the night or of the day. And I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I mean, you wake up in the morning and you're like, is my voice there? Is my voice there? I hope it is. And the whole day you're pretty much preparing for the night show and you have to conserve your energy. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, they say public speaking is people's biggest fear. Like no one wants to public speak. So imagine performing and burying your soul in front of thousands of people at night, that's really intense. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it can be easy to assume, oh, well, you know, you love doing this. So you just get up there and do it. But no, I mean, you're walking around without any skin at all times. And it's very vulnerable and it takes a lot out of you. And you have to do it over and over, and over again. So <laughs> it's just a lot of, uh, you have to take care of your mental health and your body and everything. So I think it was really nice to have this time to just really check in and also to reframe how I want to take care of myself mm. and the kind of performing I do want to do or how long I want to do this, you know, exact kind of performing. What's going to make me happy? Finding some kind of balance. You have to have balance in this industry. Yeah, and I can say no more. Oh, so. I love that metaphor of just you know, just no skin. It's it, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's very very point on there. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad that you're looking after your mental health though. And I was gonna talk. Yeah, about we it. have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more later on too, because I know that you were definitely struggling through you know at the beginning of Pippin for in that in that regard too, but. I also wanted to quickly chat about your schooling as well before you do get into Pippin and all that. The different schools you've been to over the years have been interesting to say the least. You know, you, you make it a really great story to tell for sure. The high school you went to was a private girls uh, school in Bel Air. At, I, I watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't know whether it's anything like that. One. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, just <laughs> with not as many black people, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was for half a semester I went there. Yeah. Well, then you changed to a performing arts public school, didn't you? 
And that just felt a lot more at home and it helped you with your performing arts, which was great. And then for college, you went to Carnegie Mellon. Now, very well known, prestigious school. (laughs) And I loved in the interview. I'm an engineer. Did you know that? (laughs) I know, right? What the hell? (laughs) So from being at a private high school in Bel Air and then Carnegie Mellon, how did you deal with what you refer to in the other interview as the bouginess of it all? <laughs> was it your parents that kept you grounded or? Yeah. I mean, um, the, I had gone actually to private Catholic school my whole life, basically from first until, until eighth grade. And then I went to this all girls high school for, uh, I guess three months. I was there three or four months. And, and I'd gone there because it was, I, I did like the school and they have a very strong academic program. And uh, I was really into volleyball and they had a really, they had the top basically volleyball program. But then I started doing the volleyball and I realized these girls were way better than me. And I just went, I don't have the drive or the passion to try to be as good as these girls. And their arts program wasn't really that existent. And I knew I wanted more in that regard. And then my dad just picked me up from school one day and said, here's the application, you're auditioning for this school. And I was just, no, I don't wanna go to this school. Cause I had gone to the school and visited and it was on a college campus and everybody was so artsy. And I just thought, oh my gosh, everyone's so weird and different. Then I realized, okay, well I'm weird and different. So I guess this is the place I belong. And yeah, I transferred there and then I just had the time of my life. I just, I had so much fun. I met amazing people and it was half academics during the day and then you would do your major. So they had theater, visual arts, dance, music, uh, and you would do that in the evening, latter part of the day. And I had some friends who had gone to Carnegie Mellon for drama and I didn't know anything about that school. I'd never heard about it. I said, Pittsburgh, like, what's, what's happening? And I ended up going to the school to audition and I just knew, I'm like, I have to go here. This is where I'm going. I'm like, this is it, this is it. Um, That's probably the only, the second thing I'd know in my life that I knew I wanted to do. I had to go to the school and I got in and those four years were just incredible. The training is just top notch. I feel that I have such a strong foundation in what I do because I went to that school. And I mean, it was not easy. Uh, They really broke you down. Uh, There's definitely probably a lot of things that would not (laughs) go over well in this day and age. But at the time back then, there was, you know, they're really hard on us, which really instilled a lot of good discipline and ambition and, you know, how to deal with the intensity of this industry that you're about to go into. I mean, I'm actually, Glad that we were forced to be so exposed and just had to be so vulnerable in front of everybody all the time because it really did give us a thick skin to enter into the industry. So I love that school. I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, I still have during the pandemic, my whole class, there are probably 24 of us. We've been on a group thread for the past year and we just started it during the pandemic. And it's just so nice to reminisce. It's actually our 10 year reunion this year and so it's just so nice all the different stories and everyone's still the same I mean, everyone's changed but everyone's still the same so it's really comforting and they're my family so yeah I'm really grateful for that time in my life 
That's great. And obviously, as you said, it's obviously what you needed to learn for the industry. And I'm guessing some colleges, universities are missing that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I'm, I'm really happy that I went to a university uh, where you could take other classes, even though I didn't take any other classes. I wish. Look, you that's didn't the need one. Them. But that's the one thing. They have such a good business school. I wish I would have taken a business class or I just wish I would have taken some other classes, but we were in such a bubble and the schedule was so intense. We just didn't really have time to do anything else. Mm. So uh, it was very insular in that sense, uh, which was great, but also a little bit isolating from everyone else. But I still was happy to be in a university. So it wasn't always, you know, you're still on a big college campus and there were kind of sports a little bit, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was great. And I, I fell in love with Pittsburgh. I, I never would have thought that, but Pittsburgh was freaking great. Great. Going around and traveling different places. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And who knows, there's so many online courses these days that you could still do a business degree or something if you wanted to. I know I could, and I'm probably not, but probably yeah, not. <laughs> You're busy enough. <laughs> When you moved to LA, you got a quote unquote normal job uh, at a meditation studio and loved it. You started on your spiritual journey then, meditation, yoga, also some therapy that helps you go through your tough time with Pippin, which I'll bring up a little bit later on as well. Did you already meditate before you got that job or did you just learn it when you were there? I actually cannot remember when I first started meditating, but I think it was when I got to LA. I think that's when I first started it. I had done yoga for a long time, but meditation, I think when I went to LA, so funny, I'm literally at my mom's desk and there's like a, it says mental illness, <laughs> just, just sitting there as we're talking about this. Uh, but yeah, I started uh, meditating during that time and my best friend, I was living with her and she got me into it. And then that's when she was working at the meditation studio and then she got me a job there and then it just kind of took off. Meditation basically just took over my life and changed it for the better. So what did you do there? Did you guide meditations and things like that? I feel like you got the right voice for that. I worked, no, I worked the front desk. <laughs> I had to learn some program. I can't even remember what it's called, but I had to check everybody in and, you know, do the money, bring flowers in, in the morning, turn the lights off, go to the bathrooms. Uh, but it was really nice because while they were leading meditations, I was able to work on auditions at the front desk or read. I was able to still work on my craft while they were doing meditations. And I also got free meditation, which was great. Yeah. And it's a great environment to be in. Like oh, instead of a real awesome. stressed out environment to work in, it's so chill. It was so nice. I, I would still work there if I could. <laughs> well, it's there if you ever need it. <laughs> I know that's yeah, nice to know. When I did see you in Pippin in Sydney recently, I just could not get over how amazing your arms looked. Oh, Do you also go to the gym and lift weights or is that just from like yoga? Honestly, and my friends will probably roll their eyes when I say this, but it's literally because I did gymnastics. I did that gymnastics cool. for so long. And when I was eight, I started bulging. I swear to God, <laughs> I started getting bigger and they stayed. I swear to God, they just stayed. And, and I also think it's just in my genes. Um, I'm very athletic. I have a very athletic build. And I think it's just how I'm built. 
And I think I've always been athletic, so it just stayed. And I do yoga, so yoga helps with the arms a lot. But I never would lift weights. I mean, you ask anyone who knows me, we would take fitness classes. I said, no, I'm not lifting weights. I didn't want to look all muscly. I didn't want to look like I had big, big arms. I mean, I hated my arms, to be honest, because I thought they were just so masculine. But I quickly got over that and I realized there is right. <laughs> beauty and strength. And and now I love my arms. I'm like, this is who I am. This is my body and it is what it is. You're um, made that so way. <laughs> I am made that way, yeah. yeah. And uh, during Pippin, it was great because uh, our acrobat trainer, Preston, he was training me to get back in shape. And I hadn't really, I never really had a training session to get in shape for Pippin because I usually had kind of just done the show back to back. Mm. And this was the longest stretch, I think four or five years where I hadn't done it. And especially coming from the pandemic, I mean, I was so out of shape. I was so weak. And he got me on this great regiment where... I was doing so many push-ups and pull-ups and I actually grew to love it. I mean, I used to never do push-ups. I used to hate them. Now I really like doing push-ups. I mean, it's really great to feel strong and yeah. doing your peas. I had to have that strength. You had to, before I just thought, Oh, I can just do it fine. But now that I'm older and having had taken so much time off, I really realized, Oh gosh, I need to build up this muscle and I don't want to get hurt. So yeah, it ended up, I'm really grateful for knowing my body better now and appreciating it and also embracing feeling really strong. Yeah. Thanks to Pippin. <laughs> Otherwise the rest of us were like, that's so unfair that she's no. just genetically no. like that. <laughs> I tell everyone it's the Pippin diet. I mean, you can do whatever you want. And as long as you're doing Pippin, you'll be good. You'll be good. You'll get the body <laughs> of your dreams. <laughs> you really will. You will. <laughs> Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bullying or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback or ebook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. There is even an audiobook version coming very soon. Do you know Rave It Up now has a private Facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to? You'll get to see some fun behind the scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up Community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know you. And speaking of Pippin, let's talk about that a little bit more as well now, because it has been a huge part of your life, to say the least, and it really made you the person you are today. You started off as an understudy uh, before the lead, and then you just did decide to leave because you were so burnt out in a bad place, felt lost, depressed. And you even mentioned before that it felt like it was the lowest point of your life at the time. But looking back, it's when you grew the most. Oh, God, did I say this... that? I'm like, <laughs> did I say all these things? In the other interview. Oh, gosh. Wow. Do you think that this could have all been avoided if, you know, the places that you studied at prepared you for that part of the industry as well as the thick skin as they did teach you? 
Well, I feel that I'm everything happened the way it was meant to. Yeah. And I'm very happy that I went through everything I went through because it definitely made me stronger and I wouldn't be the person I am without all of that stuff. But I do think in training to be an actor, an artist, there does need to be more discussion on mental health and how to take care of yourself and what to do when you're not working and just how to take care of your energy and your spirit and your emotional state in this business because it is intense and it is a lot and more people are talking about it. I mean, I can't believe so many of my friends, you know, starring in shows, you know, dealing with anxiety, depression, just so many different things and the things that they have to do in order to combat it. And people don't talk about it enough, but it's starting to have more of a conversation. And I think people are starting to start groups where you can talk about stuff like this, but I think it also needs to start in the room um, with the team, starting from the top up, from the producers and the directors, you know, really taking care of the environment and making a safe space. And I'm not saying people need to be coddled. You know, I think you, you do need to have a thick skin and uh, in order to, you know, proceed further in this business. But I also think there is a delicate balance between um, pushing someone to be their best and abuse. And yeah. I think you know, definitely in the past, it's been a little bit more on the abusive side um, at times. And I think that we just need to find a balance, how to push people to be their best, uh, but because you really want them to be their best. I think when it can steer in the wrong direction is when it's coming from somebody's ego or, you know, kind of these more negative qualities, uh, which bring out the worst in people, especially in a high stress environment you really see people's dark sides and it makes people act in ways that aren't really them it's just stemming from some external force or external pressure and i think if we can all just chill out like it's okay it's okay like we're just playing you know we're just telling stories i know there's a lot of money on the line and maybe when i get on the other side of the table i'll think differently <laughs> But I think there can be a nice, um, healthy way in order to run a business, run these shows. And and I think we're on our way. I think we are figuring that out. And I really saw that when I was in Pippin in Australia um, with Suzanne, our producer. She and John Frost, and they were just really incredible. I mean, especially Suzanne. We would talk all the time, and she was so chill and so easygoing. And I just felt that people in Australia had a really good work-life balance, which is not really a thing in the US. And I mean, if I tried to email people on the weekends, forget it, I wasn't getting in touch with anyone. If anything, Dan would say, hey, you wanna go to the beach this weekend? I was like, what, my producer wants to go to the beach? Um, which is so rare. So it was really cool to have that connection because if they're calm, then you're calm and you're not so stressed out. But if people at the top are all stressed out, it just, starts you know plummeting down and it just affects everyone so we just gotta keep you know things healthy and good oh i'm really glad i brought it up then because especially for you know audiences and stuff they don't think about that and it's only just because i'm interviewing that i do think about that stuff and you know a lot of people think 
this job is just incredible because you get to travel the world and be on stage and things like that. But even the traveling the world part really takes a toll on your body, doesn't it? And you don't get to really enjoy the places you travel to because you're, as, as you mentioned before, you're so exhausted all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely one thing I wish that I would have done. I've been on two, I mean, I've toured a lot. And, but every show that I've been in has been really hard. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I think I'm waiting for that one time I do a show where I have like the really easy track and I can just chill. And then I can go out during the day and do everything. But when you're doing a really physically demanding show, you just you don't have the energy to go out and do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's good you're looking after yourself now. And do you yes. also have other things like on the side of working that kind of gets you centered again and some other hobbies maybe that you do to make you feel really good and make you happy again? Yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely the meditation and yoga, you know, consistent exercise has always been a very great thing for me. I've been reading so much and I love reading, but I realized in the past decade, I've barely read. <laughs> and so now I'll just spend days just reading and it's just been so nice and catching up on TV and movies. It's such a great distressor for me. And it's also what I love to do so that, mm. you know, doesn't hurt. Um, but I've been able to spend a lot of time with my family. I think that's been the biggest thing for me. I've realized during this pandemic, I just want to be with my family and yeah. my loved ones. It's not that deep. I just, that's what's most important to me. That's how it's deep. <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess it is, yeah. But as long as I have that, then I'm good. And, you know, I like to indulge. I love food. I love eating. Uh, Who doesn't? Mm, yeah. That always makes me feel good. Um, you know, during the pandemic, sometimes it's gone a little too far. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, you know, being in nature as much as I can and, you know, just being with friends. It's all my friendships have really deepened during this time, which has been really beautiful. And I love talking and talking to them. It's just been a great escape. Mm. It's made me feel very um, nurtured. Yeah, everyone needs someone to talk to, you know, don't, don't keep it bottled up, guys. You can't be talking to yourself all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you live by yourself through through pandemic, I'm sure there was a lot of that too. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And we're playing the character, you know, the lead character in Pippin for so long. How do you keep it fresh and interesting for yourself? And I guess try to also stay in the moment so that you don't forget your lines? Because <laughs> that must be quite embarrassing when that happens. Oh my God, I actually live for it when people get their lines because it's something different. You're like, oh my God, something's different. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, I'm the worst because I live for when people break character. I just, it's very unprofessional of me, but I just, God, there's just been some moments in certain shows where people just lost it and then we all lost it and there's just nothing more cathartic and freeing than all of your cast just... <laughs> just the shoulders racing and just trying not to laugh um but oh my gosh what was your question well especially for you too you have so much dialogue as well yeah well luckily Pippin it's so in my body the lines are just there that really is the only show I've been in where I just don't have to think about the lines you I really like yeah they I really can zone out and I will just know because when a show's been with you for seven years and you've said these lines 
hundreds and hundreds of times. I mean, it's, it's there. So that I was lucky in that sense. I didn't have to ever think about lines or worry about lines. Um, But luckily with Pippin, it's the one show where it is fresh every night. I don't know why, because it's the same script and it's usually the same people on stage with you, but there's something about that show that just makes you play so much. And I think it's because the script is very uh, seemingly simple. There's not a ton of dialogue, but there's so much in between the lines. It's Mm -hmm. actually a very brilliant script because it's full of so much, um, uh, so many metaphors and just reading between the lines. And I think everybody interprets it differently so it's just one of those shows where I feel that you're able to try different things all of the time and just play. Uh, I can't, it's so weird doing that show. I can't really remember performances ever of that show because every night just felt so different. Mm. And it's like so, a mini circus too. So, you know, every night is just going to be different in that regard too. Well, I think that's the thing. I think the circus element really keeps you on your toes. And I think that's what makes it really fresh because especially with acrobats, they would do different tricks certain nights. And they were kind of always in and out and subbing people out and changing things up. So you always had to be on your toes. And Pippin is really hard. So we didn't always have the same cast for most of the shows. So things were just always different. You just never knew what to expect. And you also had to be very present because it's a dangerous show. We have fire, people, you know, throwing themselves around, risking their lives. There's a lot in front of you. And I mean, yeah, make sure you're on your mark. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, being on the trapeze, all of this stuff, you just never know what's going to happen. So it's weird. You have to be so on it, but at the same time, you're so trusting. I mean, people just be flying over my head and then I'd be hanging upside down. I just went, okay, we're just doing it. But if you started to think about it, then you went, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, but, I should be probably lo- looking around while I'm talking just to make sure I know what hits me. I know, but there's something about that show you just trust and you don't think. You just go. I think that's the only way you can do it. That's a lot of trust in the acrobats above you. absolutely they are spectacular so thank god for them they definitely are i'm just like whoa look at that trick look at that trick i don't don't understand i don't get it and this recent sydney run as well was a bit of a different show than all the others for you because of covid and the restrictions and even rehearsals which normally take place in a studio were actually on the actual stage which i think is actually pretty cool like was that a lot easier for you because the actual stage you'll be performing on It was and it wasn't. It was because we didn't have a ton of time to rehearse. So it was great that we got to be on stage and Pippin is so hard that Mm -hmm. it actually, we killed a lot of time by being able to just get on stage and block things right away. So then we, you know, we had more time during tech to do other stuff. So I'm grateful for it in that sense. But on the other side of it, Um, There's something about being in a rehearsal room that is a very, it's more intimate and a safe space and, you know, not everyone's watching you all the time and you have a little bit more space to discover and explore and obviously you can do that on stage too, but when you're on this huge stage and, you know, everyone's, you know, in the house, it just makes you feel like you have to perform all the time, where sometimes you don't want to feel like you have to perform, you just want to be able to play and discover and you know, it feels easier to make mistakes in that regard. 
So in that sense, it wasn't the best, but I think in this situation, it was the best option for us. Definitely. And did you have to re-go over the script and all that? Because you, even though you've played oh, yeah. it for so long, you know, you had a very big break or is it just like riding a bike? No, I mean, I thought it was going to be really, I mean, not easy because Pippin's never easy, but I thought it was going to be, oh yeah, like I've done this, like great. Yeah, there's millions of times. <laughs> but then I went, no, 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 no. I am like, this show is in my body, but also not. And I kind of had to just strip everything I had learned because there's been so many different versions. So um, we kind of did a, a hodgepodge, if that's the word. I don't know why that word came out. Hodgepodge of all of the different versions. And uh, I had to really relearn a lot of stuff, which was actually great because I felt for the first time I was creating my version of the leading player and my version of what this show means to me. So it actually was great to strip away everything I knew and just start over, you know, sing things differently and, you know, have a different mindset. I'm older now, so I just have uh, hopefully a little bit more wisdom on things and definitely a lot more experience. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a huge challenge for sure, but I'm so happy with the result. Well, that definitely kept it fresh and interesting for you then. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it did, for sure. Well, you did a fantastic job. As I said, I loved the show. <laughs> Wish I saw it again. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Who knows? But you have already oh, played it a lot. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, <laughs> these feet you are might done. hang that hat up. <laughs> I think uh, it's time to pass on the torch. Yes. Uh, an amazing time in my life, but it's definitely... Uh, yeah, I think it's time to let her go. Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. Do you love the world of entertainment? And do you love writing? Well, you could be perfect to join Rave It Up. We are currently looking for talented new writers to write for our website, raveituptv.com. You must speak fluent English and be passionate about everything entertainment, from celebrities to movies and music. If you're interested, please email us at info at raveituptv.com. Speaking of uh, working out earlier as well, I'm sure we can both agree as women and, and men experience it too, is self-consciousness about our body image. And in Pippin, you wear like really tight black pants and knee-high boots. Do you sometimes feel naked when you go out on stage, especially when you first had to do the role? No. Oh, that's I... great. Look at that body confidence. <laughs> you know what? Everyone has their things and their insecurities and stuff. But I think when it comes to body stuff, that's been one thing that I feel that I've always been able to embrace about myself. And... It's weird on stage. I feel more free having no clothes on than I am in real life. <laughs> like I would so much having rather an take audience, my clothes come view me. <laughs> I would rather take my clothes off on stage than like by myself. So maybe that's not real body confidence. <laughs> I don't uh, know about that. <laughs> I know, I'll have to think about that one. Uh, but yeah, no, I just I think it's great to. Um, I love how sexy the show is, and it's not in a way that's oh my God, like the women are naked, show off their bodies. Like, no, it's more just 
look at these beautiful bodies and let's embrace them and let's show them off. And yeah. I think sometimes uh, people can be a little judgmental about women, you know, not wearing as many much clothing or showing off their bodies and why do they look skimpy or this, but I'm just like, whatever makes you feel good. If yeah. you want to walk around in a two piece and that makes you feel good about your body. I mean, why shouldn't we be able to, you know, dress how we want to dress and honor our bodies? That's what, you know, God gave us, the universe gave us, you know, yeah. these bodies and we should be able to do with it as we want. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, everyone, everyone embraces it how they want to. And I think that should be allowed. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. It's yeah. great to hear that you, you know, feel so good about your body that you're so comfortable out on the stage. And because a lot of people, you know, I've met so many people in musical theater that are, are even shy and then they go out on stage and they just feel so confident. And I thought, you know, definitely with a confident character like you've been playing for seven years, that that might've been the case, but it's great to hear that you're, you're just like that all the time. <laughs> Uh, I mean, not all the time. It's actually, I remember in college, my girlfriends would always say, oh my God, Gabby, like wear some tighter clothes. But I always just wanted to wear loose fitting clothes and just a bag. Like I never wanted hey, to dress You were sexy. comfortable. That's what matters. Yeah, I think I definitely choose comfort for sure. And I think on stage, it's a chance for me to explore a different side of myself and, you know, wear the sexy, you know, clothes and I mean, one show I was in a bra and underwear for a scene and it was so free. I was like, oh God, this is great. But in real life, I actually would not walk outside with just my bra and underwear. Um, so I think that's what's great about theater though. It gives you a chance to just let loose in different ways that you wouldn't normally do in your real life. See, that's stuff we don't think about. That, that's awesome to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've learned so much about you today. It's fantastic. I've learned about myself too. <laughs> You're welcome. This is just a big psychology session. Yes. Yes. Therapy for you. Yes. Yes. Now, before we move on to our Rave It Up game that I mentioned to you before we started recording that you're also very excited about, you have also been in TV shows and movies as well as being on stage. Like you're in you're in The Mentalist in 2013, love that show, and the movie Fun Size with Victoria Justice in 2012. I'm jealous, by the way, because I really like that movie. <laughs> what is it like being on TV and, and movies versus being on stage? And do you have a favorite? Because I did hear that you loved doing a live play once before uh yeah I did a show called Peter and the Starcatcher and that was one of my favorite things I've ever done um and the only play professional play I've done um which is weird because in college all we did was plays for the most part so mm. that was really nice it felt that I was going back to my roots a bit um but yeah I mean tv and film I think it's it's very exciting to me because it's something that I haven't done my whole life. Mm. You know, I'm the opposite of a lot of those uh, stars who grew up at six or eight doing commercials and then get on TV shows. And, you know, now they have Oscars now at my age because they've been doing this their entire life. And I'm the opposite with, I just, in that with theater, I've been doing theater my entire life and it's just been the trajectory. And then I went to school for it. And then, and then I went to Broadway and, you know, I really feel like I've, I feel that I've hit my stride with that. And I think there's something about TV and film that is just so exciting to me because it is so different. 
um, just in the medium sense. I mean, acting is acting at the end of the day, in my opinion. Um, but there is something so nice about uh, TV and film, the um, intimacy. And uh, that has been something that I have grown into as I've gotten older. I mean, when I was younger, I was just, all my energy would just splat out. I was just so big and just rah, 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 rah. And I think doing those um, TV and film uh, earlier on in my career, it actually kind of helped me to rile myself in a little bit, mm. bring myself in a bit. And uh, so I think I've actually brought that to the stage. I'm able to um, not be as big in a way, um, but just be uh, truthful and in the moment and not having to splay out my energy, but like keep it inside um, and let it go out as far as it authentically wants to go out. Yeah. Um, so I think having those TV and film experiences helped me with that. Uh, so, you know, I, theater is definitely my first love for sure. I mean, I love the stage. I feel most at home on stage. I feel like it's my purpose to be on stage. I love being on stage, yeah. uh, but I can feel, you know, it's changing a little bit and I just want to be able to do both and go back and forth. And I think there are so many beautiful things in both mediums. Definitely. It's a daunting having like the cameras in front of you all the time though, where you don't have that on stage. No, not really. I haven't done it enough, to be honest, to really have a, a strong opinion on it. But I had shot a, a web series, I guess, a year and a half ago. And I really didn't even notice the cameras. It just felt we were talking just how we're talking now. And I think just the more you get used to it, then it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, if anything, actually, when I got to Pippin in Australia, it took me a moment because I had been in this TV and film class and I've been auditioning for TV and film. So I was always doing camera work. So when I got on stage, I just wanted to be just like this. And I just remembered, oh my gosh, Gabby, you're playing the leading player. I mean, you need to command this audience and you need yeah. to command this huge space. And I remember it took me a bit. I was like, whoa, for something that felt so natural to me, you know, back in the day, it actually felt very foreign. And I didn't want to be huge and project and take up so much space. So it it's took very me, unlike you. <laughs> yeah, it took me a minute to get back there. So I think it's just, yeah, finding that balance between, um, yeah, between dealing with your energy and just balancing out those different mediums. Mm. Well, I can't wait to see you in some more TVs and movies in the future. That'd Girl, me too. I cannot wait. Hire me. Oh, <laughs> I, I wish I could, but hopefully the theater will help you. Yes. <laughs> you, you'd be hired straight away if I had that power. But <laughs> I appreciate it. Speaking of the future, do you have anything planned that we can look forward to from you? I do have some shows um, in the That'll work. Guessing that, you're allowed to talk about. <laughs> yeah, not really allowed to talk about. Um, but hopefully once theater opens up in the fall uh, and uh, then that will get things moving. And yeah, there's a few things I'm excited about that are supposed to happen in the fall and the winter. Um, some really exciting, relevant shows that I've been lucky to be a part of for a while now that are now um, hitting the ground. So uh stay tuned okay cool we just have to maybe go follow you on social media i'm guessing so we can keep up to date i'm not on social media oh. 
Well, but I, I do have a website I that I keep in contact with Gabby, it. guys, and she can let me know and I'll post it. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a website, and I keep that updated all the time. So okay, you good. can find any gabriellem.com. Very easy. Everyone yeah. go to that website then. Bookmark yeah. it on your computer. <laughs> I'm going to have to go update it. <laughs> that must be feel, feel very freeing not having social media. If I didn't do what I do right now, I wouldn't have it either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, I just, it's not for me and I totally get its purpose. I wrestled with it for a long time. I mean, I've only been off of it for, I guess, a year now. And Instagram was the only thing that I had. Um, I got rid of Facebook probably seven years ago or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't really think I need it. Um, and I know that it helps you a lot, especially in my industry. And it is a way to get things out there, especially if you, you have a huge platform. I mean, it is the new way and it is a huge way to market yourself and get things out there. But the way I see it, I, the people who will want to see me, they'll figure out a way <laughs> to see me. Thank God you got the website. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes it's kind of cool. It leaves a little bit of mystery. You're like, oh, this person's on social media. So now I have to, if I really am interested in learning about someone, I need to actually do some research and, you know, find out more about them without having, you know, comments and all of that stuff kind of flooding your um, perception because I think it can really cause your perception of things. There's just too much stimulation. Um, so, you know, we'll see how, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll be doing a show in a year and then I'll be like, Oh my God, I'm back on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. You'll just pop up. <laughs> yeah, we'll well, people just have to check this interview out and your other yeah. ones that you've done. So, you know, yeah. so then you can learn some more stuff about you. <laughs> yes. yes. It is our time for the two-minute heart seat, Gabby. It is a famous game here on Rave It Up. And it's very, very simple. It's just okay. you answering questions about yourself. So I, I would hope it's easy for you. <laughs> so I'll just ask you questions and you just have to pick your preference. So it's like dogs or cats, you know, singing or dancing, things like that. And you have to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible. And then okay. we'll see where you sit on the leaderboard up against everyone else that's played the game on the show. Oh, God. I just have to beat Ainsley. That's all Okay. I well, Ainsley, let me look. I put him on the list. <laughs> he answered 49 questions in two minutes. So of he's course. sitting... He's sitting 39 on the leaderboard, but with it being over Zoom, it's, you know, got a little bit of delay. So it's not as yeah, fast as it would that. be if we're in person. But so I'll give you two minutes, 15, like I did him. Does that sound fair? Okay. Sounds fair. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've got to beat 49 questions. Okay. okay. Oh, this is intense. I like when, I I like when people properly verse each other. It's like, whoa. I'm like, okay, I have to beat him. I have to beat him. All right. Let me get my timer out. Okay. And all right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. You ready? Three, two, one. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. iPhone iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Apple or Android? Apple. Rap or rock? Rap. Rock or pop? Pop. Pop or country? Pop. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach or pool? Beach. Sun or rain? Summer. Skiing or snowboarding? Snowboarding. Comedy or action? Comedy. Blondes or brunettes? Brunettes. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Sunglasses or hat? Hat. SUV or convertible? Wait, what? SUV? Yeah. Oh, wait, SUV. SUV. Mac or PC? Mac. PlayStation or Wii? Wii. Clean or messy? Clean. Sing or dancing? 
Oh God, both. I can't. I can't pick that. Dogs one. or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Italian. Summer or winter? Summer. Kim Kardashian or Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson. Johnny Depp or Will Smith? Will Smith. Mall or online shopping? Online. Cinema or home movie? Home movie. Ice cream or gelato? Ice cream. Cake or cookies? Cake. Cookies or cookie dough? Cookie dough. Family or friends? Oh, God. Family. Christmas or your birthday? Birthday. Night or day? Day. Bus or train? Train. Straight or curly hair? Curly. I color blue or brown? Blue. Vampire or werewolf? Werewolf. Texting or calling? Calling. Los Angeles or New York? Los Angeles. Friday or Saturday? Saturday. TV or movies? Movies. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Snow or surf? Surf. Harry Potter or Twilight? Harry Potter. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Simpsons. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. French fries or chips? French fries. Burger or hot dog? Burger. Guitar or drums? Guitar. Leather or denim? Denim. City or country? City. Biting your nails or picking your nose? Picking your nose. (laughs) Tattoos or piercings? Tattoos. Backpack or suitcase? Backpack. Pen or pencil? Pen. And we're out of time. Wow, girl. So stressful. (laughs) And there were so many things I totally said the wrong answer. I went, no, why did I say that? Well, you actually answered so quickly. I was like, oh, wow, this is really good for Zoom. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was fun. How many questions do you think you answered in that time? Like, my gut says I don't feel like I answered a lot. I don't think I beat Ainsley. I I know the feeling. Someone's done the game on me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't feel like I answered that many at all. (laughs) But at the same time, you feel like you're going forever. (laughs) Did I get 40? Ooh, a lot more than 40, honey. Shut up. Did I get 50? 60. You got 54. (laughs) Woohoo! Wait, I beat Ainsley. You beat Ainsley. (laughs) Woohoo! By five questions. (laughs) Work. And you are sitting number 34 on the Raven Up leaderboard, and he's 39. So you beat him, girl. But that's all I needed to do. So I'm absolutely. Oh, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Woohoo! Thank you, Lauren. If you ever come back to Sydney, Australia, all right, we'll have to meet in person and we'll do it again yes try to beat you could verse yourself you could try to beat your old school i love a competition so yeah bring it on i love doing that game i hadn't done it for years i had so many of our audience members being like where did it go we love it you know it's quite way to learn more about our our, you know idols and our the people we look up to (laughs) yeah no it's great yeah yeah cool i'm glad you liked it Now, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview, Gabby, but as a closing statement, and it's probably the most important question, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? Oh, God. (sighs) Just chill out. It's not that deep. Just relax. It's all okay. You don't need to control everything. Just let what is be what is and enjoy the ride because you just don't know what's going to happen. I could not have planned the way my life has turned out. And I'm so happy I couldn't have planned it because it's been so much better and more beautiful and varied than I could have ever thought. So 
just accept what is and enjoy the ride. Yeah. I love that. I hope everyone else takes that on board too. Just everyone, chill out. It's all good. <laughs> chill. Yes. Yeah. Australia really helped me with that. I will say. Yes. I had an incredible time. I'm You're having, welcome. I, thank you. I really, I'm having so much FOMO. I miss it so much. It feels so surreal. I don't even feel that I, I went there. It was just very magical and just amazing people that I just feel got ripped from my heart <laughs> I miss so much uh so yeah I definitely will be back at some yes. point awesome well stay in touch and if you yes. ever need a little bit of uh you know Aussiness you can zoom me anytime all right <laughs> I can't wait I, I've had so day, much fun today the other day I was talking actually and I said oh my god yeah I just like am having heaps of fun doing this I said heaps <laughs> And that is not something I say, but where did I learn that? Australia. Australia. Yeah, go Aussies. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Gabby. I really appreciate your time and I have had so much fun. You know, you were such an awesome girl to chat to. So thank you. You too. Thank you for asking me. This was great. You're welcome. I, I hope you liked all the questions. I definitely did my research. <laughs> yeah, good on you. Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> well, look at us. We're really rubbing off on her. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure I always do my research. That's one thing about, you know, some interviews that I listen to and I'm like, oh my God, that interviewer has done no research and it's you frustrating. Your it's like, yeah, yeah. Your if the guest is going to give you their time to be on your show, you, the least you can do is put the time into researching them, you know, and you can actually get deep answers that way instead of just, you know, you saying stuff that I could find out on Google. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, just oh, having good. surface answers where you know we got really deep today and i think a lot of people will learn a lot from it so thank you I hope so thank, yeah, thank you. you for exposing your your soul my love <laughs> i loved it and as i said let me know when you're coming to sydney again i know with you know hopefully the restrictions will ease Probably very like very that. soon so we can <laughs> do overseas travel <laughs> yes and hopefully, yeah, well, next time we'll do it in person. Otherwise, you're welcome on the show anytime. We can do Zoom, Skype, whatever. <laughs> awesome. Great. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate it. Keep in touch, okay? Okay. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends. And tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.